So as you saw there in the video, we have this inner narrative, don't we? We have this, this conversation constantly going on in the inside of us, right? And maybe you didn't even realize it, but there's this constant dialogue that's happening as you go throughout your day and you're saying different things to yourself and you're speaking these different things kind of to yourself and having these thoughts as you go through your day. And you know, I think as we think about this inner narrative, this inner conversation that's going on, we have to realize a couple things about it. It's almost like this inner narrative is like the soundtrack to our life. Joey, and I were talking recently, and he said he heard this pastor say to his congregation, if we were to plug a sound system into your soul, what song would it play? You know, like what would come out? What are the lyrics to the soundtrack of your life? You know, we all have those songs that take us back, you know? Like there are certain songs I'll hear to this day, and I like got like a mullet, I'm wearing a fanny pack, it just takes me back like 25 years. I'm wearing my leather jacket, I know that's back in spot in style. I used to rotate, it would go leather jacket one day, jean jacket the next, it was pretty hip, right? And so I was rocking that, but man, one song takes me right back there, because it was like, there are certain songs that were the soundtrack to a summer of my life, or a season of my life, and I hear that song, and it's like, wow. And I just think in the same way that our, our inner conversation, this inner dialogue is like the soundtrack to our life. Maybe you're not a music person. Maybe you're more a movie person. I want you to think about the movie that you have watched so many times you know every single line to it. Just go ahead and shout it out. What's that movie for you? Yell it out. All right. I like that. I like that. All right. All right. We got a couple interesting ones here. And isn't it funny how as you're watching the movie, you literally are quoting it, right? You know, my daughter Bryn here, recently, uh, we were watching TV, and this commercial came on, and she said every single word of the commercial, and I was like, wow, that's incredible, you know? And she just knew that. It was like a script, you know? And inside, we have these inner dialogues, these inner narratives, and it's like the movie script of our life. What would the movie script of your life read like? What would that look like if, if you were to give it to me? What kind of things do you preach to yourself all day? What kind of things do you speak to yourself all day long? You see, here in this series, I want to talk about those things that are going on in the inside of us. And this is really important because most of us in the room have never stopped to really think about this too much. I know I hadn't for many, many years of my life. Just this idea that, wow, I'm saying and really kind of powerful things to myself all throughout my day, no matter what I'm doing and where I'm going. I'm always kind of speaking something to myself. I wonder what I'm speaking and I think those of us who maybe didn't take the time to stop and think about this inner conversation that's going on, maybe you, you would say, well, okay, as I think about it tonight, Doug, I gotta say, if I've been living my life this, this way for so long, I really can't imagine I'm gonna change now, you know? So, so let's talk about these two thoughts. First, for those of us who didn't realize we had an inner narrative, I want you to stop and think about all the things you've experienced in your life, all the voices that have spoken into your life, both both positive and negative. I want you to think about the mistakes you've made and the successes you've had. I want you to think about all these things, the painful things you've gone through, the good things, because all of those make up this inner narrative. All of those things inform this inner narrative. And so part of your inner narrative is what it is because of a parent or a coach or a relationship or a person or a terrible life experience or a great life experience or a deep failure or a great success. But it comes out of those things, these things that we're constantly talking to ourselves and speaking to ourselves. Now, if you didn't know you have an inner narrative, there's something else you didn't know either. It is incredibly powerful. In fact, you make the decisions you make because of your inner narrative. And you are the person that you are because of this inner conversation that's going on in your life. There's not any voice louder in your life and my life. Uh, you know, take God out of the equation for a minute. Let's just talk about people. There's not a voice louder than your own, right? 
And so tonight, I want to talk about this inner narrative, and I want you to think about if it could change. Because here's what we're going to all discover tonight about our inner narrative. Maybe not all, but most. They're almost always negative. They're almost always destructive. They're almost always saying things to us that are belittling, that are tearing apart, that are destroying. And so tonight I want to talk about, man, what would it look like to change? And again, you might push back and say, Doug, I've been doing this my whole life. Some of you guys, man, you've been doing this. Brynn's been doing this 12 years, right? Land's been doing this 10 years, right? But some of us in the room, man, we've been doing this 15 to 20. We've got a little crowd participation there. 15, 20 years, right? I've been doing this 41 years. Some of you have been doing this a lot longer than that. Just going through life and this conversation is going on. It just is what it is, you know? It's hard to change something you've been doing your whole life. I have a problem when it comes to speech. There are some things that I say wrong. You know, actually, that was probably wrong. I should have said wrongly, right? There are some things that I say the wrong way. Like, for example, that saying, um, I couldn't care less. I always say I could care less. I always say that wrong, you know? Doug, did you watch that tennis match today? I could care less about that. So you do or don't like tennis? Like, where are we going with that, right? Uh, I asked permission to make fun of our staff a little bit. Um, my, my father-in-law, who's Pastor Pavone, some of you guys have heard him preach. And if you've heard him preach, you know, when he's trying to say the word awe, he says, or, or, I am in awe of you, God. Like, oh, pastor's going canoeing, you know, like what's going on here, right? I, I got my wife, right? My wife, when, on, on Valentine's Day, she, happy Valentine's Day, Doug, happy Valentine's And she will promise you she doesn't say that. She is a liar. She says it, right? She also says laptop. Can I borrow your laptop? I'm like, I don't work in a lab, man. I'm sorry. You know, then my man Joey in the front row here. I love this guy so much, but he says library, library, right? You guys know this, right? You got going to the library. All right, Joseph, have fun with that, right? And then our worship pastor, Andrew, um, we've always made fun of him. Joey knows this is true. We've always made fun of him because he's the only one on staff that doesn't have some kind of Italian heritage. I have like just enough to squeak by and be able to still be employed at Pastor Ravone's church, you know? But, but we always busted on Andrew because he was an Italian. One day he comes into staff meeting, guys, I found out the most amazing news. I'm Italian. He goes, I'm from Sicily. We're like, no, you're not. Like, even if you are, if you say it like that, you're not, right? Man. And you know what? Pastor Ravone's 70-something years old, right? I'm 41 years old. Like, these guys are in their 30s. And Like, are we seriously going to stop saying things like we've said them, right? But what about the inner speech, the inner dialogue? Man, that's so much harder to change than some stupid saying that we mess up, Right? This, this inner dialogue is so powerful, and we didn't even realize it was there, most of us. And so today, I want to talk with you about this inner dialogue. I want you to discover that you have one first and foremost. I want you to leave here convinced that you have one, and it's powerful. But I want you also to begin to discover what it is. What is it saying? What does your inner narrative have to say? And lastly, I want you to learn how to change it. Now, guys in the room, some of you are like, oh, man, this is like that touchy-feely stuff, you know? Like, I don't like to talk about this emotional stuff, you know what I mean? And I just don't think it's manly, some of you might say. Well, I've told you this before, but I think this is so manly. Do you know why? Do you know the proof that this is a manly topic tonight? I've said this to you before. You wish your dad had this figured out, don't you? Like you wish your dad had these emotions figured out. You wish your dad was in touch with his inner narrative. And maybe some of you are blessed and your dad is in touch with this stuff. I'll tell you what, if he is, he's probably an amazing dad. He's probably a great husband to your, to your mom. But, but so many of us grew up with dads who had no bearing on this. And it came out very destructively against us, didn't it? It came out very destructively against our moms, against our family, right? 
And so tonight, I want you to this is a manly topic. In fact, the scripture we're going to look at here in just a few minutes is Psalm 43. And we're not quite sure who wrote it, but there's a good chance it was David. It was either David or the sons of Korah. And if it was David, I just want to remind you that there has not lived a more manly person than David. Okay? So here is the little test, all right? If you're more manly than David, then you don't have to listen tonight, okay? But that means you had to have killed more than one bear, one lion, and one giant in your life, okay? If you've done that, you can leave now, all right? But if you didn't do that, then you need in on this because David was an incredibly manly guy, and yet he was so in touch with this if he's the author of this. And even if he's not the author of this, we see in many Psalms that he had this whole heart thing going on. He was not afraid to go deep into his heart and allow God into those places. And so uh, if you're not a follower of Jesus, man, we're so glad you're here. I just want to tell you something. All day long, this is the most exciting thing in the whole world, all day long, people have been beginning conversations with Jesus. And maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to begin a, a conversation with him. What does that even look like? Well, tonight I pray that before you leave, you'll begin a conversation with Jesus. And I want you to see the difference he can make in your inner narrative, because you have one too. And I also hope you see something amazing Jesus has done for you. So check out Psalm 43. Like I said, we're not sure who wrote it, David or the sons of Korah, but whoever it was, they nail this inner narrative thing and teach us a lot about how to change it. So Psalm 43, verse one says this, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man deliver me. Now, if David wrote this psalm, he may have been referring to his son Absalom, who completely stabbed him in the back, who basically caused in a whole rebellion in the kingdom and took the throne of David for a season, right? And so here is possibly David or, or the sons of Korah, and obviously they are in a very, very painful place. And so as I read through this, I would say, you know what? I, I can kind of hear the inner narrative coming from this verse, can't you? Like maybe the inner narrative, one part of it is I'm angry. I'm really angry that I'm like this right now, that I'm in the midst of this situation that I don't want to be in. I have these people who are far from God. I've been betrayed by someone that should have been trustworthy. I'm really angry right now. I think another part of this inner narrative is this. I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt that someone who should have been trustworthy stabbed me in the back. Someone that maybe was even of my own family that I raised up, that I provided for, has now stabbed me in the back and caused this uprising behind my back. I'm just so hurt. You know, I see here this word vindicate. That means that you need, you need someone to clear your name. You need someone to, to say, oh no, those accusations against him aren't true. And so the writer of this has been falsely accused. And so, man, there's just such anger and hurt inside this person. And maybe that's you tonight. Is that where anyone is today? Did you just wake up and initially that inner conversation was going, I'm just so angry. I'm so incredibly angry at so-and-so. And I'm justified in being angry. And here's why I'm angry. Or did anybody wake up hurt? And it just, it just hurt to wake up. It hurt to open up your eyes this morning. As soon as you open your eyes, you know, you kind of look around the room and then you just remember like, oh, yeah. Like, my heart's broken. I forgot about that right now. But as soon as I, I take that first glance around the room, I remember the pain that I'm in the midst of. Anybody finding any of your inner narrative in any of that tonight? He goes on. Maybe you can relate to this. He says, For you are God, the God, in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? 
So we discover more about the writer's inner narrative here. Well, here is this writer saying, you know what? God, you're my, you're my stronghold, God. Like a stronghold is a military term, right? And a stronghold is a place we go to find refuge and to find protection. And, and here's this, this writer saying, you know what? That's who you are to me, God. But I got to tell you something. It really feels like you've rejected me. Like if you're my stronghold, if you're my fortress, when I'm supposed to run to in the midst of pain, then why does it feel like you have rejected me? And you know why I think he's convinced he's been rejected by God? I think he's convinced he's been rejected by God because he's suffering, because he's going through hardship, because he has this season of being betrayed and being stabbed in the back. Does that sound like anybody's inner narrative today? Maybe you're, you're looking at God going, man, I used to feel so safe in you. But now it just feels like I've been rejected by you, God. It feels like all these things going on in my life, the sickness or the pain or the relationship falling apart or the lack of being able to find a job or my job's falling apart, all these things are just proof to me, God, that you've rejected me for one reason or another. Or maybe you would even say, you know what? It's not that I'm going through all these terrible things. I just, I just have to believe God's rejected me because of my horrific performance lately. Is that your inner narrative today? Did you walk through your day going through this day saying, you know what, there's no way God wants me. There's no way he wants to know me. There's no way he wants me to continue to live for him. There's no way he wants me to ask him for anything else. You see, I would guess that's some of us here in the room tonight. Then he goes on a little bit further. He says, why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Why am I so, so sad? Anybody just wake up sad today? Anybody just, just lived your day so far to this point, just kind of walking through, man, just depressed and just so incredibly down. And here is the writer of this psalm saying, I just feel like I've been abused so badly. I've been treated so badly. And I have to believe that like you and I, sometimes, man, it just becomes like I'm, I'm in mourning, he says, right? Like, like when you're in mourning, you can't fathom joy. You can't fathom happiness. You can't fathom anything past the, the current hurt and pain that you're feeling. And so this writer is saying, man, why do I have to keep walking around like this? And so let me pause for a minute and ask a couple questions. As I've been talking for the last 14 minutes and three seconds, have you been convinced, oh, wow, I have an inner narrative. I have an inner conversation going on all the time, 24-7. And, and in these last 14 minutes, have you begun to discover Maybe little bits and pieces of what that inner narrative is. What that conversation is that's going on in your life. Maybe you guys can relate to some of the topics I brought up. Maybe it's totally different. But I pray that you're beginning to, to kind of say, oh, okay, that's why that inner voice is always screaming that at me. That's why I'm always thinking that way. That's why I react that way. That's why I lash out at my parents that way. That's why I lash out at my kids that way. That's why I lash out at my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my spouse that way. Oh, that's what that's all about. Because 24-7, I'm hearing this thing just play on repeat in my soul. And so tonight, I hope the last question right here out of these three that I want to ask you will, will give you some hope it is, is, is how do we change it? Like, like, can we change the inner narrative? If we've been living this way for so long, can it be changed? The answer is yes. But then the question comes, how? How do we change this inner narrative? I want you to see verse three here. Look at what the psalmist understands. He says, send out your light and your truth. See, there it is. Light illuminates. Suddenly I can see. And truth I can sink my teeth into, right? 
You see, suddenly, as I'm having this inner narrative issue, what's going to transform it? What can I bring into my life to take the place of that old narrative, that old song, that old movie script? It's the truth of God's word. It's the truths that he says, the truths about who he is, the truths about who I am because of who he is, right? And so that's a little hint at, at what we do and, and how we get there. And it's going to become a lot clearer for you, I pray, before we leave tonight, a lot more practical. And I pray you'll know exactly what to do as you leave this place tonight to change that inner narrative. But before we continue to kind of discuss that, I want you to just see how powerful God's truths are. Because if his truths are the answer to changing your inner narrative, then I want you to just see how transformational they are. Look at what he says. So he already told us, send out your light and your truth. Now he says this, let them lead me, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, oh God, my God. You see what he's saying? He's saying, oh man, if I could only get a hold of your truths, God, it will change everything, Right? It'll transform me. That's what I need you to see tonight. God's truths transform us. And so, man, if only I could get a hold of the truths of God, I could begin to replace this inner narrative. And when I do that, suddenly I am crying out to be near God, and I am praising God, and I'm exalting God, and there's this joy in God, and all these things are changing because I'm close to him. Guys, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've been lost in my inner narrative. I have been lost in jealousy. I have been lost in insecurity. I have been lost in pride. I've been lost in temptation. I've been lost in sadness or pain. And I am like reeling for life. You know what I mean? I'm like grabbing at anything I can get just to find some sense of peace and escape from that. And I sit back and I, I, I numb out on Netflix for a while or I, I play with my kids for a while and we hang out and, and I get a little bit of, of space, you know? But, but that's just a distraction for a season. What actually transforms me? What actually changes the narrative? It's when I open up the word of God. It's when I speak the word of God. It's when I go ahead and say, all right, I'm gonna take these truths and I'm gonna preach them to my soul, Right? Because that's what's going to make the ultimate lasting difference. And so let's see how this works. Look at what happens in verse 5. This is so powerful. Look at what the writer does here. It says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Well, what does the writer do? He preaches to his own soul, right? He addresses the pain. He addresses the sadness. He addresses the anger. And he says, why are you so cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me, right? I love that. And then he says this, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so the writer is staring the ugliest parts of his soul right in the face and preaching the truths of God to it, right? And this is how we change the inner narrative. This is how we become new people. This is how we say, all right, old inner narrative, old song, old movie script, you are not in charge anymore. I'm now gonna allow God's narrative to preach to my life right? I'm going to allow God's narrative to play on repeat in my soul. And suddenly those things that I used to hear all the time, all day long, are now going to be replaced with the beautiful truths of God's word. You see, I got to let you know a couple things I'm not saying tonight, okay? 
I'm not saying we just tell ourselves nice things so we feel better about ourselves, right? Like I'm not telling you to just look in the mirror when you go home and go, you are awesome. Like you're so handsome, you're so pretty, you're so gifted, you're so talented, everybody loves you. Like the mirror is gonna laugh back, right? Like, like, like it's not truth, right? And, and so that's just gonna like go away as soon as the next negative comment comes my way or bad interaction comes my way or my next failure, right? So instead what I've got to do is I've got to sink into the deep truths of God. Because when I'm speaking the truths of God to my soul, when I'm preaching the truths of God back in my heart, then man, I'm not doing something empty. No, this is all based on who God is and who I am because of who God is, right? And there is power in that. I'm also not saying that you and I ignore the things that have caused the, the inner narrative to this point in our life, right? I am not saying ignore the anger, ignore the hurt, ignore feeling rejected by God. Just push it down deeper. No, that's not what I'm saying. I've told you in the past that I have done that in my life and it's gone very badly for me, right? Because I pushed down years of rejection, years of anger, years of pain, and then I took it out on my kids. I took it out on my wife and the way that I would speak to them, right? And suddenly I began to learn, oh man, I can't ignore this stuff. I gotta bring this pain and this hurt to God, let him heal me, and then I could come out at these guys a new way right? And so I'm not saying we push that down and ignore it. I'm saying we have a very honest conversation with God about it. And I love that the writer of this psalm did not ignore it. He spoke to it. He said, soul, why are you so downcast? Oh, soul, what's with this turmoil, right? He didn't ignore it. And then he said, put your hope in God, right? And I love that he brings up the fact that God is his salvation and he has this God. Because suddenly this inner narrative changes, doesn't it? when we begin to realize these powerful truths in our lives. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you a main thought I hope you will take away with you today. And then the rest of the message, I just want to show you how to practically do this. Like we're going to do this here together today. And so my thought for you guys today, sort of the foundation of this whole series is this. Change your inner narrative by preaching to your soul. That's how you do it. That's how you change it. That's how you don't stay the same anymore. Nothing else works. Change your inner narrative by preaching to your soul. And so, so far, I pray three things have happened. First, I pray you've discovered you have an inner narrative. Secondly, I pray you've begun to discover what that inner narrative is. And third, I pray you've seen the way to change it is by grabbing a hold of the truths of God. So here's your homework this week. Your homework is to continue to discover what your inner narrative is. To to catch yourself sort of saying those same old things that you say to yourself. And discover, oh wow, okay, that's coming from a place of hurt. That's coming from a place of temptation. That's coming from a place of pride or insecurity, right? And then I want you to replace it with God's truth. Well, how do you do that, right? Well, let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples specific. I encourage you to write some of this down. Take down some of these verses. I encourage you to be ready for this and begin to take this really seriously because it is so powerful. So let's say you're wrestling with sadness or depression, right? Probably many of us in this room today woke up sad or depressed. And your inner narrative right now says, I'm so sad, I will never know joy again. Life feels kind of meaningless. Finding happiness feels impossible. Well, okay, then let's get into the habit of taking that last word verse we read in Psalm 43 and preaching that to our soul. And memorize this verse. Write this verse down. Make it the screenshot or the screensaver on your phone or computer. Like get it near you and in you. So you have it at any moment. Psalm 43, 5, let's read it again. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? My hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. 
What would happen if you began to preach that to your soul? Now, your inner narrative goes like this. I may feel sad, but I know I have God. I may feel really sad today, but I'm not going to let that turmoil be what what, what, uh, runs my inner narrative. I may feel really, really sad today, but I have a salvation and I have a God that I don't deserve. You see how different that is? Do you see how you're going to walk through your day and your week differently if that's what you're preaching to your soul? Let's say you're, you're hurt today and your inner narrative has been, I'm always going to be this hurt. Like, like this wound is never going away. It's going to get worse. And I am going to relate to every person in my life through this wound. And so I'm going to lash out at my kids through this wound. I'm going to lash out at my boyfriend or girlfriend, my spouse, my parents, my kids, my grandkids. I'm going to lash out at my boss. Everyone through this wound, right? That's what the inner narrative tells you. But then you find a verse like Psalm 147.3 that says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And so as soon as you feel that emotion, as soon as you feel that sadness and hurt, then man, you preach that to your soul and your, your inner narrative changes, right? I might feel really, really hurt right now, but I know a God and I have a God who heals wounds, who doesn't just cover them up, who doesn't just kind of, you know, let's talk about them. No, he actually heals them. And I will not relate to my loved ones through the wound. I will relate to my loved ones through the healing God will bring to that wound. What a difference. What a different way of thinking and living and practicing this in our lives. One last example here. Maybe some of you guys feel like God's rejected you. And so your inner narrative goes like this. God's finally done with me. He's fed up. And these ways I'm suffering are the proof. And every time you feel sick, every time your parents fight, every time you remember, you're reminded of the relationship that you lost, it's just another proof in your head that God has rejected you. But then you don't sit back and just take that. No, you say, Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Wow. Okay, God goes before me. That's the new narrative now. And God is with me. And God has even told me not to fear or be dismayed because he is with me. It is a lie that I've been rejected by him. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to continue to go deeper into this. Discover more and more about this inner conversation going on in your soul. Maybe the things I brought up tonight, like hurt and anger and feeling rejected by God, maybe those are exactly what you're going through, but maybe they're nothing of what you're going through. But what you've learned tonight is a principle. This principle is, no matter what my inner narrative is, no matter what destructive stuff's going on in here, I'm going to preach to my soul. And so as you work through this, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. We have these little books out at the info desk that we're giving away tonight called Promise Books. And they have little themes in there. And so if you're working through something right now, and let's say you're working through depression, like there are verses for depression in that book. Carry that book around. Memorize some of those verses in the book. Also, how easy is it to just Google stuff, right? Like temptation is your go-to struggle. Okay, great. I want you to go ahead and I want you to Google verses on temptation. Memorize a verse or two. I'm not asking you to memorize the whole Bible, a whole book of the Bible. Get a couple verses that you can bring out and speak in the moment. Guys, don't tell me. Don't tell me that having the word of God in your heart, ready to go at any moment, as soon as that inner narrative kicks up, don't tell me that that's not going to change everything. My son Landon loves baseball. It's a passion for him. 
and he knows every one of the Mets numbers. Like you could test him after the service tonight. Landon, what's Michael Conforto's number? Landon, what's Brandon Nimmo's number? He knows them all, right? Why? He's passionate about it. He loves them. And so he puts in the time to memorize this stuff. Guys, I'm telling you, there is nothing more important that you could put the time in than to memorize the word of God and get it in your soul so you can fight this battle and you can transform your inner narrative. Next week, we're going to continue this series. And we're going to kind of week by week take one of those normal inner narratives and really go to town on it and really look at how to change it with the word of God. That's why you should come back next week. That's why you should invite somebody to be here with you. But I pray tonight you're just getting inspired to grow in this habit of changing your inner narrative. Because the truth is, guys, for too long we've been singing the old song, right? Recently, I remembered a song that I used to sing in my church growing up. And it was this kind of old school song. And I drive my kids and my wife crazy with it. And I sing it with like this old cheesy church voice just to drive them nuts. And it goes like this. I just want to praise you. Lift my hands. And, so, and, I, and I, I like sing it to them all the time, right? And, and I normally would get like a smirk out of like landing and bring would kind of laugh. But now I get the look they're both giving me right now. Okay, instead, right? And Land will just be like, dude, you know, like, right? But the funny thing about it is I began to just sing it like without really thinking about it. And I'd be like in the grocery store, like, oh, just want to like, right? Like, oh no, right? And here's what I had to begin to do. I literally had to begin to catch myself singing the old song. And that's what we have to do in our lives. We have to begin to catch ourselves singing the old narrative of our soul, right? And I will tell you this today. I've, I've been, this has been a habit of mine now for, for a good length of time. And today, I literally got to, I'm such an it, right? It was supposed to be, I'm such an idiot, right? I, I'm such an idiot for this or that or this. I can't remember what I was thinking about in the moment, but it was something from my past, something I've done that was really dumb. And those words were coming out of my mouth. And I literally stopped myself at, I'm such an it, because I realized I was singing the old song. And I instantly stopped and I said, no, Psalm 103 tells me, and I literally said this to myself, no, Psalm 103 tells me that God loves me higher than the heavens are above the earth. You see, that's what, that's what it is. It's in the moment, just stopping. This has been a very stressful season for me in my life. A lot of exciting things going on, but a lot of really big decisions too. And I have been super stressed a lot, and the stress has been trying to steal my sleep and just steal like my rest and my downtime and my margin and, and my Sabbath. And I mean, just really like just a lot of heaviness on me right now. And so Joshua 1.9, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And guys, I'm not exaggerating when I, prob- when I say I probably say that to myself like 75 times a day. Because it works. Because it, it's, it's got power. It's got teeth. It, it, you can't just look in the mirror and go, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. No, if it's just that, then it's my words, right? I've got to get God's word in me. And I've got to speak it and preach it to my soul. And so what are those things in your life and what topics do you need to begin to say, all right, I'm gonna get really serious about this because I need to make sure that I have those verses ready to go in the midst of this battle, in the midst of these different things that come up in my life so I can speak right back the truth of God, staring the ugliest places of our soul right in the face and preaching the truth of God at it. Joe Levante and I were talking about the power of memorizing scripture. And he said that at his school, there was a professor that really cared for the guys 
on campus and, and was very involved in their lives. And he was helping some guys out who were struggling in the area of purity. They were struggling and they were looking at porn and different things. And, and listen to what he said. I thought this was so powerful. He said this, the guys who are winning the battle against porn are the guys who are memorizing scripture. Like that was his takeaway. That's what he saw as he walked with these guys through these struggles, that the ones who were getting the word of God, the truth, the powerful truth of God in their heart were the ones who were winning this battle. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. Romans 12 tells us it's the way that we transform our lives is by renewing our mind, right? By getting the word of God in our heart and in our mind, preaching it to our soul. Pastor Ravon always loves to say, the most important preacher in your life is you, right? Because God is gonna in the moment, equip you to preach to your own soul. I'm not walking through your week with you. Joey's not walking through your week with you, right? But man, when you can preach to your own soul later tonight, when the enemy tries to come back and tell you how worthless you are, when the enemy tries to tell you that temptation is better than what, you know, doing things God's way, when you can preach to your soul, you become the most important preacher in your life. And so will you catch, catch yourself singing the old song? Will you catch yourself listening to the old narrative? And will you stop and replace it with God's truth? If you're not a follower of Jesus, do you see how powerful a relationship with God is? Do you see how awesome it is to know God and to begin to see him change your life? And did you hear me say earlier that that verse talked about a savior, talked about salvation, talked about being able to say, God, you are my God. That's only possible because Jesus got on a cross for us and died in our place to rescue us from our sin and make us his own. If you want to put your trust in him tonight, that would be so awesome. And I'll give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But this week, let's start changing that inner narrative. Let's start replacing our narrative with God's narrative. And so will you this week change your inner narrative by preaching to your soul? Let's pray. God, we need you so much. God, we just long to be closer to you. God, we long to be near to you and to, to begin to discover your truths and your words in our life, God. And we thank you so much for the power that your word has. And we thank you it's not empty. We thank you, God, that it is the foundation of our lives. And so, God, would you just help each and every one of us to take this really seriously Man, I just pray this wasn't a message. I pray this was the beginning of a revolution for our souls, God. And so please, God, would you just anoint this series and let it break down those lies that we have told ourselves, those lies our parents, our coaches, our relatives, our teachers, our, our bosses have fed into us that we now preach to ourselves over and over every day, God. And let instead there be this new preaching of your truth to our souls. So if you're a follower of Jesus, what is your inner narrative? Can you pray about that for me? God, what, what do I think about, God? What do I normally say to myself? And God, would you help me begin to preach your truths to my soul instead? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd love for you to just pray with me now, just quietly, even silently. You could just say something like this. Jesus, thank you so much that you love me. Thank you so much that you died for me. Thank you that you do not reject me. Thank you that you are with me and you want to walk with me through life and you want your truth to transform my soul. Jesus, show me how real you are, God. And thank you for this gift of salvation. 
before we open our eyes today, if there's anyone here tonight that prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'd love for you to just look me in the eyes real quick so I could be praying for you. Did anybody do that tonight? Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else here tonight? God, I thank you so much, Lord, for those who put their trust in you. Oh, God, keep them close to you and do incredible things. We love you. In your name.